Praise God. Praise God. When two or three are gathered in his name, there he is in the midst of them. I believe God's here with us tonight and excited to study the word with you. Um, and uh, you may be seated. You may be seated. Praise God. Praise God. Um, I wanted to uh, just say a quick thank you to Pastor Knowles for the opportunity to speak. So honored to be here at TOP, honored to be with all of you, and um, excited just to share what God's placed on my heart this evening. Um, you know, last, last March, you know, when COVID hit, everybody, we remember that as like the, I don't know, an, a threshold moment for all of us or a watershed moment. Um, I just remember feeling so much anxiety, so much stress, so much nervousness. Anybody, anybody remember feeling that way for? I was excited. Yeah, you were excited. No school. People were getting excited. But I remember just feeling so much angst and so much nervousness. And God really directed me over the past almost year uh, to the book of Psalms. It's really been the thing that has helped balance my emotions, balance those nerves, um, because I remember being taught that Proverbs reflects the mind of God and that Psalms can reflect the heart of God. And so that when we go to the Psalms daily, we can get back in tune emotionally where we need to be back in balance. And so I wanted to go through, I guess, an expository reading tonight of Psalm 37, um, which is a Psalm of David. And I actually have a handout um, so you get to do like homework in class kind of thing. Um, I'll be, what is it? I Jason recommended that I grade it afterwards if you guys want to grade, <laughs> but I'm not going to do that, but I would really love for you to participate. It can be interactive. So Easton, do you mind handing these out? I, I think I have enough. I kind of needed this. School starts tomorrow. Yeah, school starts tomorrow. I'm just getting you ready. Just kidding. Here you go, Isaac. I'll give you some too. Awesome. So, um, yeah, so I found myself in the book of Psalm and we're going to talk a little bit about it. Um, and uh, we know oftentimes that the Psalms, it refers to songs. So many of these are still sung to this day. Um, and oftentimes that's how we get things into our heart, right, is by singing them. And it's amazing how those little songs that I sang in Sunday school, Jesus loves me, this I know, because the Bible tells me so, I still have those things embedded in my mind through song, through singing them. And so the Psalms are uh, amazing when you can put them to music and you'll notice that much of the music we sing comes from the Psalms. Um, but one of the things that uh, I've been studying about in this is that Psalm 37 is actually called an instruction Psalm. Did everybody get one of the handouts? Does everybody have a pen? No, <laughs> we might need a few pens in the house. Did you get one Isaac? Oh. <laughs> awesome, awesome. So everybody got one, right? Oh, thank you. Oh, you can take one, Easton. Oh, yeah, I forgot. That's right. <laughs> I got to give these guys homework for to, before they start school tomorrow. And they're going to get some pens. But, um, you know, I was reading uh, Dr. Jeremy Painter. Many of us know Brother Painter. He's from Washington District. But he wrote... Um, a book on the wisdom literature. And he talked about how the book of the, the Psalms is divided up into five books, five divisions, and that its structure resembles the five books of Moses or what we call the Torah. Therefore, the idea is that what is contained in these five books will shape the heart according to the law. So we can read Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and everything that it tells us what we're supposed to be doing 
But Psalms is also the, the living out what the first five books of the Torah represented. Oh, awesome. Okay, she's going to give them all out in case there's needs extra. So, so I'm going to just start off in prayer, ask God to help us. I really hope that over the next few minutes that we have, we can dive into this, what this um, psalm is talking to us about. So if you'd help me pray this evening, and uh, we will just, we're going to talk a lot tonight about what it's going to be about. All right. Lord, we thank you so much for the opportunity to be here tonight. I pray, God, that you'd bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ, Lord. We want to grow in you. We want to develop in you. And, God, I want to live according to what your word says. I want to live a blessed life, God, that follows, Lord, the the commandments of your word and lives out what the Bible teaches. I know that's the only way I'm going to find peace. That's the only way I'm going to find joy. That's the only way I'm going to find balance in the world that we live in. And so I magnify you tonight, God. Pray that our minds and hearts would be ready and open to receiving your word, that it be good soil, God, for the word of God to be digested into our lives. We thank you, God, for your word. We we exalt your word. We exalt your name here tonight, and we thank you for this opportunity to gather together. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So how many of you was the last time you were in an English class? Uh, High school. Okay. Does anyone remember what imperative verbs are? What? You don't remember imperative verbs? Imperative verbs are verbs that give a command or directive. So if I say stop, I'm actually commanding you to stop. It's a verb. Don't move, right? Or if I say go, go to the store, it's an it's a embedded command. It's an imperative. And the interesting thing about Psalm 37 is it has many, many imperatives. So this is a psalm written by David. And the idea is that if you follow the imperatives that are given in this this, uh, psalm of David, you will live a blessed life. You will find um, what the way of the righteous will look like. And so I love things like this. It's almost like math, you know, where there's an equation. And if you do A, then you're going to get this, right? And it's the same thing with the Bible. He, He tells us if we obey his voice, if we obey his word, there's going to be this repercussion. There's going to be this blessing into our lives. So I'm kind of piggybacking off of Brother Jeff's uh, message from a couple months ago, the blessed life, right? So this is, this is about the blessed life, but talking about how do we get to be in the blessed life. And so I'm going to go through actually the verbs of this psalm and what it talks to us about. So this is what we're going to do. I'm going to have you fill in the verbs, fill in the imperatives of David, and then we're going to have a little bit of interactive application of those imperatives into our individual lives. It sounds like a lot of fun, right? <laughs> sounds like school, right? <laughs> well, it's, it's going to be fun. I'm not, I'm not going to be double-checking or anything, but... So, the very first thing that David tells us, this is such a good one, and I feel like I'm going to be speaking to myself tonight. Ready? Anybody want to know what the first one is? Do not fret, right? Fret not. And that word fret has to do not only with anxiety and worry, but it has to do with this nervousness because of what's taking place in the world. So he even gives us an, a reason why we shouldn't. Don't fret because of evildoers. Anybody heard about something evil going on in the world recently? Anybody, right? I mean, it's hard not to feel like it's caving in with evil everywhere around us. Uh, even down to just some of the things we see in our day-to-day lives, it's like, whoa, uh, 
things are getting crazy, right? And um, I mean, I just feel like there's so many things to fret about. I just try to choose one, you know, it's every point in time. And, and my nature, my disposition, many of you have known me my whole life. I can be a worrier. I think my dad used to say, Corey, you're either coming out of a crisis, in a crisis, or going into a crisis. And so I'm learning that my disposition has to say, okay, don't fret. Don't worry. Uh, don't be nervous. Don't be anxious. And so that's the first thing that David tells us, don't do that. And I think it's easier said than done, but he gives us some reasoning for why. Then he says, nor be envious of the workers of iniquity. So I looked up that word fret, and it actually comes from a similar root word that has to say compare. Noticing this comparison between how other people's lives are going and how our lives are going. And sometimes it causes us to be nervous. Or seeing how the wicked are prospering, or people are getting all this money and all of this wealth from from literally taking advantage of others. And it's concerning, and it's nerve-wracking, and we're like, how is this going to stop? So he says, don't be envious of the workers of iniquity. Don't think that just because they're getting away with things right now, that we can get away with it too. Uh, don't think that just because I'm, I'm not, you know, there's not sudden death coming upon these evil things, that therefore God is okay with evil or that he's not taking care of his church. That's not the case at all. And we're going to learn a little bit as we go along in this psalm exactly what that means. So he said, that, for they shall soon be cut down like the grass, and wither as the green herb. I tell you, the Bible says you will reap what you sow, and that is a promise of Scripture. And for me, it's, a, it's actually something that gives me comfort to know that God is going to have the final say, right? He's going to have the last word. So the first two is do not fret, don't be envious. So the application that I would like for you to try is I just want you to pick one thing, not a million things, one specific thing that you have been fretting about. Anybody else fret besides me? Hmm. Just one thing. Okay, so fret. Anything you're worried about. It can even be a test that's coming up in school. It can be a class that you're taking. It can be uh, something going on in your kid's life. Anything. Anything that maybe has taken up a spot in your consciousness that gives you a little bit of nervousness. Anything at all. Could be your health. It could be financial situations. It could be, it could be, I don't know. The sky is the limit. I don't know exactly everything that could be going on, but even just, I know just one thing is you have to limit it to, right? I will just give you an example. Everyone who's been around me knows I've been fretting because we're, we're, we're planning a convention in the middle of COVID. It's a challenge. We're like, we're reshifting and shaping every other minute to meet COVID requirements and it's stressful. And I, I find myself constantly like thinking about it when I wake up, when I eat, when I sleep, when, I, when I'm just sitting there, I'm just thinking all these things in my mind. So that is the one that I've put on the list for me tonight. So I guess people can hold me accountable and I'm not allowed to fret about it. So I'm gonna, have you done it? Have you chosen that thing? You have, you've written it down, okay. Here's the application part. I want you to find someone who's next to you. <laughs> I know, they just don't like this. Find just at least one person and, and share, if you're comfortable, something you're going to try to stop fretting about. On your mark, get set, go.
Oh, almost done, almost done. Okay, so you have that one thing written down. I just want you to keep it, just keep it kind of in the forefront of your mind, that one thing, because this is an instruction psalm. It's going to help us kind of get to wrap our heads around how we can continue to live the blessed life. Because I know people who, I mean, they have not a care in the world, right? Financially stable, great family, and yet they still live in a constant state of fret, anxiety. I think about it, we, we live in the most blessed nation in the world. We are in the top percentage, one percentage, two percentage of the world's wealth, and yet we have so much that we fret and complain about. So the second one, we're going on to verse three. There's next, the next imperative is trust in the Lord and do good. Trust in the Lord and do good. So the next thing that he's telling us is, okay, don't fret because of the evildoers. Don't be envious of those that are working iniquity. They're going to have their final say. And here's what you should do instead. Trust in the Lord. But you know what I found is that trusting in the Lord is kind of difficult. It's like kind of challenging, right? How do you actually put that into practice? How do you put, yeah, how do you do it? How do you trust someone? So the interesting thing, I remember I, I learned something when I was in I listened to a message and it kind of stuck with me because when I was in high school, we did this thing called like the trust game. Does anyone know what that is? Trust, trust exercise. It scarred me for life. So, um, so Isaac, if you come up here, so the trust exercise is where you, you face the wall and then don't do it because I don't want to catch you, but you would fall backwards, right? Stiff back. Don't do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't want to demonstrate because I don't want to scar anybody. But the idea was that someone would catch you, right? And you, that's a trust fall. Sorry, trust fall. Okay. So in our minds, it makes sense that you could trust fall into someone's arms because the law of physics is they could catch you, right? And you would be able to not hit the ground, right? But someone said, you know, trusting God is something like you and I doing, no, no, look at me. Okay. Now I want you to fall backwards and I'm going to catch you. No. <laughs> right? Exactly. It's a little bit hard for us to understand. You know, uh, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, what is it? Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy paths. The thing is, is sometimes we don't even know how God is going to get us out of a situation. Thank you. So it actually is sometimes it's not even leaning on our own reasoning, our own understanding, our own ability. So whatever that thing is that you are fretting about, that you're like not sure how this is all going to work out, I want the application for this is I want you to make one statement that you are going to tell God every time that thing comes into your mind. So for example, my one statement that I'm going to say to the Lord is, Lord, I give this convention back to you and I place it in your hands. You are very capable. So just letting him know he is very capable. You are in charge of it. So just one statement, it can be short and sweet, that whenever that thing pops into your head, you make a statement of trust in God. And you say, Lord, this is what I'm going to say. Jacob told me that his was school. I don't know where he went. But there's a statement that you can make whenever that thing comes back into your mind, a trust statement back into the Lord. So that is your next application. On your mark. <laughs> you got this. You do, you do got this. That could be your statement. 
God, you got this. <laughs> what? If you want me to. All right. So choose one statement that you are going to make for trusting and applying it, putting it into practice. Something that you'll tell God. Okay. So if, if you were going to meet Isaac and you trust he was going to be there, like what would maybe be a statement you would say to him? That idea. Okay, does everybody have their statements? Okay, this is your opportunity. Real quickly, like 60 seconds, share your statement with someone next to you. Whenever that worry comes into your mind, is is actually putting our words where we want our belief to be. It's uh, it's saying what we want to do. And I'm noticing a lot of times that I can tell where my trust level is with God by what's coming out of my mouth. You know, I can tell whether or not I'm really trusting in something or someone based on what words I'm saying. And so it's the idea of doing this. The next is, is it says to dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. So David is telling us that we don't have anything to be worried about. We are dwelling in that land and feeding on his faithfulness. When the, when the children of Israel came out of the land of Egypt, they were really concerned looking around and seeing that they didn't have, what is it, the cucumbers and all of the delicacies that they found in the land of Egypt. But what did God do? He provided manna every morning, quail for them to eat. And I think oftentimes in our worry, in our stress, we lose sight of those things that we are, God has been faithful to us for. The things that we receive on a daily basis from God. The things that we take for granted on a daily basis. And so the idea that he's telling us is that dwell in the land. So that idea of dwelling, it's actually positioning yourself in a place of promise, positioning yourself into a place of gratefulness for what God has done for you. So the application for this is just to think of something God has been faithful for you to, for something God has been faithful to you. Yes. Oh, thought you're answering a question. So you don't have to share this one, but just think of just one thing that God has been faithful to you on, on a daily basis. And you write that down. <laughs> one thing, one thing that God's been faithful to you about. <laughs> 
It could be your health. It could be finance. It could be so many things. Yes. Okay, we're moving on to verse 4. This imperative is an interesting one. The verb is, delight yourself in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Delight yourself in the Lord. Anyone want to expound on what that word delight means? Enjoy. Enjoy. Yes, to enjoy. What else? Rejoice. Rejoice. Be glad. Be content, okay? Happy. Happiness, right? Delight yourself in the Lord. So what David is beginning to tell us is that we're finding joy in being in God's presence, finding joy in knowing God more, not looking at ourselves as if we are a slave, and not looking at our walk with God as something we resent or something that is a chore, but it's something that we delight to do. We delight to read his word. We delight to come to gather together and worship him. We delight to talk to him. We delight to have conversation about him. And so oftentimes I think, okay, how do I, how do I get to a point where I start to enjoy something? Like, you know, when you first start playing basketball or you first start playing a sport, it usually, from my perspective, isn't that fun because you don't really know what you're doing. Anyone? Oh, yes, go ahead. It's like a video game. You have to have a certain goal. Yes. Okay. Just like a video game. <laughs> you have a goal where you want to be. It can, it's good, right? You have to orient yourself, right? Some of the best ways I think that we can start to enjoy something is we spend more and more time devoting ourselves to it. And oftentimes, you know, I've, I've done pretty much, I feel like, probably a broad spectrum of ways where I wanted to you know, be continuously praying or continuously reading my Bible. I mean, I, I've been so, I guess you could say, um, analytical or whatever to like set a timer and say, okay, God, I want to spend at least like 30 minutes with you today, right? And that was something that I did just because I wanted to consistently be with him. But what happens as you continually begin to spend time with God and start actually sitting at his feet, spending time in his presence, what begins to happen? Not only a habit, but also something that you begin to enjoy. It doesn't just become a chore. It becomes a lifeline. It becomes a desire of our heart. And also, it gives us an opportunity to just get to know him. So this idea of being delighting yourself also in the Lord, it is a command because it is something that we learn to do. It's not something that always comes natural if we aren't putting our our heart and mind to it. And then there's this wonderful promise attached to that, that he shall give you the desires of your heart. Isn't that amazing? He gives you the desires of your heart when you learn to enjoy being in his presence, learn to delight yourself in the things of God. Now, that doesn't mean that he's going to give you like all the, you know, the, the pleasures that you want in life, but he's, he's looking at those core desires, those core longings of your life, and he says, I'm going to meet those if you make sure I am the one. I am the primary goal. So delight yourself also in the Lord. The application here is think of a way, think of a way that something that you love or enjoy to do with God. 
Does that make sense? So it doesn't actually have to be just, you know, reading your Bible for two hours. It can be something as simple as, okay, I know this might sound crazy, but sometimes I like to just sit and do nothing in silence, right? <laughs> sit and do nothing in silence and just spend time with God. I don't even have to be talking, but it's something that I enjoy doing. It's very balancing for me. It's calming. <laughs> I know I sound crazy, right? But just find, think of something that you like to do. Maybe you like to walk. Do you know you can walk with God? You know, maybe you like to listen to music, but you can listen to music with God in worship to God. There's so many things, but it's the idea of finding a way to find enjoyment, spending time with the Lord. So that's the idea. So it can be personal to you. Personal to you. It's okay if you miss one. I'm not going to grade check afterwards. <laughs> They're nervous. Awesome. 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 Okay. That was number four. Oh, something that you enjoy doing with God. It's probably coming to youth class, I'm sure. <laughs> Awesome. Okay, we're moving forward. We're coming to um, the eighth imperative of Psalm 37. And this one is a big one. It says, commit your way to the Lord. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, right? So there's that trust verb again. So commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass. This idea of commitment is something actually we, we really tend to struggle with, right? Because when you commit to something, it means that there's been kind of a, a pact made, right? It means that there's no going back now, right? We've made a commitment to do this thing. It's almost like when you sign the dotted line for a new house or when you sign for a new car or when you make those big decisions in life and really there's no, um, there's no like way of getting out of it. Does that make sense? So. When you make a commitment, it's also like making a, a stance that God, this is where we're going moving forward. A lot of people want to commit to God, but they don't really want to commit their way to God. They don't want to commit their lifestyle to God, commit the, uh, their speech to the Lord, commit certain things to him. And so when we commit our way to the Lord, we're basically saying, okay, I'm going to change not just, uh, not just going to say the words, but I'm actually going to take a course of action and give this to you. Going to take a course of action and give this to you. So commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall get, bring it to pass. So something that I um, think is very interesting in, in the Bible, it talks about acknowledging him in all of your ways, and he shall direct your path. It's this idea that no matter what way we're going in life, whether it be in our uh, in our job or whether it be with our family, that we've made a commitment that this belongs to God. This way belongs to him. We want it to be a righteous direction. And so the application today is what is something in your life that you feel you can commit to him? It could be your mornings. It could be your evenings. It could be your job. It could be something that you say, God, I really don't want this to be mine anymore. I want to commit it to you. And trust in your process and plan. So that is the idea for you individually. What is something you think that you can commit to him? Commit away to him.
Okay, I'm gonna give you 60 seconds and you have to share with somebody different than who you shared with before. <laughs> Awesome. Thank you so much for participating. So the next it says, He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. The next imperative that he tells us is rest in the Lord. Remember, this is, this is the way for a blessed life, right? We're wanting to find ways that we can um, let the blessings of God pour into our life. And this one, I think honestly maybe might be the hardest thing for me. It's rest in the Lord. Giving your time for, um, for rest. How many of you feel like you get enough rest throughout the week? Anybody? Any, oh, some of our teenagers are saying, yes, I've gotten enough. Anybody else feel like you get enough rest throughout the week? Isn't it amazing? Yeah, yeah see, he's like... You will aim on getting eight hours of sleep a night. It will indeed help you. But the national average is down to now like six and a half hours. Yeah. Wow. Of sleep tonight. That's true. That's true. So the idea is that, um, you know, I think sometimes we forget so much that principle of the Sabbath and how important it was that we kept time holy and separate for the Lord. So I don't know if this is just like a free ticket for you, but take a rest day one day of the week, right? Or, or sometime in the future. Amen, right? Our college <laughs> take a rest day. But it, it's so vital. I mean, have, you know, I've heard people tell stories of committing a day where they said, you know what, God, I'm not going to do any work this day and I'm going to, I'm going to, take a little bit of rest and that God gave them favor in their jobs, gave them favor in, in getting things done like they've never been able to do before. But we're finding ourselves in America overworked, overtired, overstressed, over everything. And really we can carve out time for those things that are important to us, right? We, we all know that if there's something really important to us, we can find time for it. Well, I was thinking the other day, I was like, you know what? I'm going to carve out some time to rest because I want to spend time. Now that doesn't mean 
binging on video games. It doesn't mean just, I mean, that, that might be restful for some. It might be restful. But the idea of this idea of resting in the Lord, right? It's the idea of resting in him, taking refuge in him, spending time with him. The idea of stillness in the Hebrew is about just letting ourselves say, okay, exhale and spend time with him. In fact, I just read in the book of Exodus, man, if you work on the Sabbath day, guess what? You died. I mean, it was that important to the Lord to say, you need to take a break. I want this time set aside. And so there's power in rest. And then it says, wait patiently for him. It means giving time, giving, um, even if it's a slow, waiting patiently for what God has for us. And the next one, it says one more time, he repeats to us, do not fret because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. It's almost like a, and I repeat, do not fret. Rest in the Lord, wait patiently for him, and do not fret. So the application is, what is something you could do this week to take a little bit of rest? Sound like a good plan? Sounds like a great plan, right? Even if it's just a couple hours, whatever you need. Maybe, maybe rest for you is just spending a couple hours reading. I don't know. Maybe it's going to the beach. I don't know what it is or something along those lines. What? We live in Washington, but still, there is a beach somewhere, somewhere away. Somewhere away. All right. <laughs> going on to verse 8. The next thing that he says, and this one can be a big one for some of us, it says, cease from anger and forsake wrath. How many of you have felt maybe in the last couple of months angry about a couple things that have happened? I feel like some person, some of us are. Okay, my mom's raising her hand. This idea that, um, that we're getting angry, frustrated, upset with what's taking place in our world. And you know what? If you go, I, I don't know if anybody has noticed this, but since COVID has happened, a lot of things have shifted just in stores, being around people. Um, one of the things that's so hard is you can't see people smiling anymore. You can't really see people um, uh, being kind of friendly like they used to because of this, this social distancing and this, um, what is it, this mouth covering. And honestly, I, I've actually been shocked a couple times just like how rude people can be. <laughs> like, uh, just like, you're not wearing your mask, you know, or like yelling at you kind of idea. It's a little shocking, but it's actually not surprising given like the day and age that we're living in. It's just people are angry, people are upset. And really the only way for us to combat that is to have that, that joy and to have that forsaking wrath and anger, right? And so he's telling us, don't be like everybody else. Anything that you can do. I saw someone the other day, they had like a, the, their same face, but with a smile on it on their mask. Did you see those? It's kind of creepy, but it is funny. I mean, it is funny, right? But yes, I know. I know we shouldn't go get those. Um, but the idea is that anything that we can do to be a light in the opportunities that we have, we should do it. There's got to be something we can do in our day-to-day -day lives to showcase, hey, we're different. Hey, we believe in God and he's, there's hope for all of us. So anything that we can do. And so the application is to think of someone you know who's low-key, just not a happy person. And things that you might be able to do to spread joy to them. It could be someone you meet at a coffee shop. Yes. Yes, do not fret. That's right. It's just a repeat. Do not fret. 
You don't have to to do that. You can if you'd like. But the idea is, what can you do? What is something that we can do? (laughs) I don't want to get anybody in trouble. (laughs) Hopefully it's no one here. (laughs) Isaac, do you want to write down? No, don't write down your name. But the idea is, we, we do have to be a cut above. We really do. We have to shine this light. Even when things are tough, and even when... Life is difficult. We have the opportunity to cease from anger. The next part of Psalm 37 is going through and talking about the results of doing these things. David says, For evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait on the Lord, they shall inherit the earth. For yet a little while, and the wicked shall be no more. Indeed, you will look carefully for his place, but it shall be no more. But the meek shall inherit the earth, right? Everybody, like, I know sometimes it's easy to get angry, but that meekness, that, that gentleness from the fruit of the Spirit, it has impact. It has opportunity for us to reach others. Indeed, you will look carefully for his place, but it shall be no more. But the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. Isn't that amazing? That we actually, in this day and age, we have an abundance of peace available to us. Because we're heaven bound. We're on that road to glory. I mean, sometimes I think, man, if I was not in church, I would either be hopeless or I would be delusional. Like there is one or the other. And at this point in life, I can say, I trust in God. I've been repented of my sins, baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm heaven bound. And that is enough peace to keep me in this day and age. And it's amazing. We have not just, we don't just have a little bit of peace. We have an abundance of peace. We have a plethora of peace. And so it's amazing to know that we serve the Prince of Peace. Here's what it says. It says the wicked plots against the just, right? So the wicked are plotting against the just and gnashes at him with his teeth. I feel that spirit just in the day and age we're living in. Just, just a, a total hatred of the things that are righteous and upright. But guess what it says? It says the Lord laughs at him. For he sees that the day is coming. He sees the end from the beginning. And all those things that are taking place that are so chaotic in the world, God is just up there like, ha, 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 right? Anybody can give your best fake laugh? I feel like that was a, sounded real. <laughs> and there's a real one. Uh-oh, right? The Lord is laughing. He's saying he sees what's coming in the end. Verse 14 says, The wicked have drawn the sword and have bent their bow to cast down the poor and needy to slay those who are of upright conduct. Their sword shall enter their own heart and their bows shall be broken. A little that a righteous man has is better than the riches of many wicked. For the arms of the wicked shall be broken, but the Lord upholds the righteous. This is an instruction psalm. He's telling us the heritage of the righteous and the destruction coming for the wicked. And and we can look to this and know that God has it under control. The Lord knows the days of the upright and their inheritance shall be forever. They shall not be ashamed in the evil time. Isn't that amazing? I feel like we are living in an evil time, but we don't have to be ashamed of anything. In fact, I feel almost a boldness in saying that we have like the best thing on the market right now. Do you know what I'm saying? We have what everybody wants. We have the joy. We've got the peace. We've got the love. We've got, we've got everything. 
We've got what the world needs. And so we don't have to be ashamed in the day and age that we're living in. And in the days of famine, they shall be satisfied. But the wicked shall perish, and the, enemies, and the enemies of the Lord, like the splendor of the meadows, shall vanish. Into smoke they shall vanish away. The wicked borrows and does not repay, but the righteous shows mercy and gives. For those blessed by him shall inherit the earth, but those cursed by him shall be cut off. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delights in his way. So remember how we talked about delighting ourselves in the Lord? It says here that your steps, when, when you do good, when you live for God, he delights in your way. He delights in what you are doing. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholds him with his hand. I mean, sometimes I read the Bible and I'm like, God, this is just too good of a deal. Like, I'm getting such a good deal, right? Because even when I fall, he's there to pick us back up. I have been young and now I'm old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken. Isn't that amazing? We have... How many, you know, you, you can tell, testify for many years, you've lived a long life, you've never seen the righteous forsaken, Amen. that in the end, God is going to take care of us. Amen. Yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his descendants begging bread. He is ever merciful and lends, and his descendants are blessed. Here is the, set. I think there's two more, three more imperatives. It says, depart from evil and do good and dwell forevermore. This idea of departing from evil it's not just, you know, walking away from it. It actually indicates a moving of your life. It's actually almost like uh, moving to another country, right? So he's saying, it's, uh, it's not just saying, oh, I don't believe in evil, evil is bad, but it's actually separating yourself from things that are evil. Separating yourselves from places that don't edify God, that practice evil, and do good and dwell forevermore. And so I think in this portion that, what he is getting at is you don't want to be aligning yourself with the wicked that he just described. And sometimes we can find ourselves in places, whether it be certain companies, certain things that we do, certain situations we find ourselves in. It's an opportunity for us to reflect and say, is there anything in evil in my life that I want to depart away from? Is there anything that maybe I should put away and not have maybe in my home or in my life that could be separating me or aligning me with the wicked. It's this departure from evil, a complete moving away from it. And I think in this day and hour, it's pretty easy. I mean, even sometimes my social media feed, I'm like, whoa, I can't believe I follow that, unfollow. You know, it's just like things come up all the time and it's a constant, a constant evaluation of what, what am I intaking in my life? What is, what is around my, me and my family? Uh, what's happening at work? And making sure that I keep myself separated. Do good, dwell forevermore. For the Lord loves justice. Oh, and so the application for that is to think, if there's anything in your life, what is something that you might want to depart from? Something that isn't edifying in your life, that you think, you know what? I think I need less of that in my life and more of, more of this, more of... Um, righteousness for the lord loves justice and does not forsake his sense they are preserved forever but the descendants of the wicked shall be cut off and i'm going to skip down just to verse 34 it says wait on the lord and keep his way wait on the lord and keep his way even when things continue to be rough we don't really even know when we're going to be out of the season that we're in 
Just continue to wait on the Lord. Keep his way. Continue to do what you know is right, even when you don't know what's going on. Right? That's the, that's the motto. I, I remember in Bible school, someone said, you know, this is never doubt in the dark what God told you in the light. So it's the idea that, that even when things seem uncertain and murky and cloudy, still do what you know to do is right. Still do what you know the Bible teaches. Wait on the Lord. Keep his way. And then lastly, um, I'm going to skip down to verse 37. And in closing, this is so interesting to me. It says, mark the blameless man and observe the upright. Mark the blameless man and observe the upright. I, when I read the scripture, I kept thinking about businesses. You ever go into a business and someone does good business with you? And you think, man, they're honest, they're upright, I can trust them, they're not going to deceive me, they're not going to do wrong. What do we do when we do business with them? We go tell other people, hey, that guy's a good guy, good businessman, good people. We need to do the same for one another. We need to collectively celebrate one another to say, hey, they're good. They're good people, good, uh, good business, good, good, uh, good ethics. We want to make sure that we are doing that and observe the upright for the future of that man is peace. When we find those people that are blameless, upright, the future of them is peace. So my, my application for you is, can you think of someone you know in life that you highly respect, that you think is upright and blameless? And if so, I want you to put, your, put them down and I'd like you to observe what they do. Observe what they do and look to see what happens in their life. What kind of fruit comes from their life of living blameless by being upright. So it's just an opportunity for us to reflect on someone that we admire, someone that we look up to. Verse 38 says, But the transgressors shall be destroyed together. The future of the wicked shall be cut off. But the salvation of the righteous is from the Lord. He is their strength in the time of trouble. And the Lord shall help them and deliver them. So I have found so much comfort in this scripture, in this psalm. It's a psalm of instruction. It's a psalm of learning more and more about how we can live our day-to-day -day lives, to live a blessed life, things that we can do, commit our way to him, keep his commandments, trust in the Lord, all of these things um, we need to do. We need to do, especially in the day that we're living in. So thank you so much for your attention. Why don't we all stand? Why don't we all stand? You can, um, you can keep your handouts. I give you all A's just for <laughs> participation, right? Participation points. Um, we all know those are great, right? So why don't, we, um, why don't we close in prayer, ask the Lord to be with us. Um, Brother McCune, would you mind closing in prayer this evening? Amen. 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 Amen.